0: Chipper is here. He's with us every Monday. You can check out his fine work in the Star Tribune on a regular basis. Check him out on Twitter at Chip Scoggins. The Vikings are different than any team in the history of the National Football League, Chip. I mean, there's no team that can get blown out the way they do. There's no team that can go 11-0. In one-score games, there's no team that can have two of the three or four most memorable games in regular season history for the franchise in a single year. And there's no team 16 games in where I have no idea if I should trust them at all when the playoffs begin in two weeks.
1: How does a team that has won 12 games, have a point differential of my minus 19. It's, That's, it, it, again, it's impossible. A, you can't do it. You can't do it. I know. And it's the, the thing that is so odd about this team is they don't have your garden variety losses. <laughs> when right. they lose, it, it's spectacular. Like it yes. is the sky is falling loss that makes you question everything you've seen up until this point. So that is the thing that's so hard is, you know, they've, they've showed so much resilience and just um, this ability to win close games. But when it goes south, it goes south. And I, I do not understand why they get blown out to the degree that they do.
0: Okay, so let's look at aspects of this game. Let's start with Jefferson right jefferson has mm-hmm. been marvelous he's he's yeah. been one he's not going to get mvp cuz just the bias the way the game works with quarterback preferences but he's really been one of the two or three best players in the league jair alexander and help yeah took him out of the game i mean and we got to be clear about this as as alexander wants to be he was getting help a lot but a lot yeah. you know he was jamming him a lot he was in his head he was doing the gritty You know, you had games where Darius Slay got to him a little bit. In that first Lions game, Akuda got to him a little bit. So I don't think all of a sudden there's a book on Jefferson. But what did you take uh, of what happened to him and how irrelevant he was yesterday?
1: Yeah, it was funny. I don't know if the the cameras caught this on TV, but we sure saw it in the press box. On the second play of the game, Jair jammed him so hard off the line, I thought we were going to have a brawl. I mean, it was not your, hey, press coverage, just, you know, disrupt his timing. It was a full-on shove, like you see two guys get ready to fight. And we're like, okay, this is this is what they're going to do. I mean, it's going to be – and you saw how amped up he was. Um, that's – this is – guess what? This is Jefferson's life now. <laughs> when you become a superstar, and we've seen it, and, and Kevin O'Connell talked about it a couple weeks ago where – he was uh he wasn't crazy about some of the hits that jefferson was taking he felt like teams were trying to take him out and be uh go over the line and being physical with him this is what he's going to see i mean if you just let him have a free release and run down the field you have no chance and so teams are going to try to really be physical with him at the line and yes he got help uh alexander got help a lot with the safety coming down and that's basically what he saw all game and O'Connell had a kind of a remark that was we picked up on. He's like, you know, let's make sure we understand there was help there. He didn't. He knew Alexander was going to, you know, claim the title belt for shutting him down. Um, but th- I think this is what we're going to see, Chad. I mean, this is I, like you said. I don't know if this is the book, but if you just let him run through your secondary and do whatever he wants, you have no chance. And so, uh, I think teams are really going to try to be uh, super physical with him. And sometimes they go over the line with it.
0: So, Cousins continues to throw the ball a lot to Hawkinson. Yeah. When you throw it to Hawkinson, it might be a spectacular play, or he might drop it. He's he's like, he's the he's the example who the Vikings are, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to be part of it. Is some of this also on Thielen, where, you know, Thielen as the partner with Diggs, Thielen as the partner with Jefferson, and that, We are seeing a little more of the erosion, a little bit more. The separation isn't happening. And he still can play, but his presence and a little bit of that deterioration, or maybe even more than a little bit, is allowing these teams to put as much emphasis on Jefferson, and and that's where Thielen two, three years ago would help out even more.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We were talking about this on the drive back from the game last night. Chad, he's become – basically the fourth option at this point. I mean, I would say Osborne, if you look at targets in here in the last, what, three weeks, uh, I haven't added up Stevens targets, but he's just not even getting much action. You know, one or two passes a game three times. So that I think that's what it is, is there? Kirk was definitely locking in on Hawkinson early uh, yesterday, and he had three drops in the, in the first uh, quarter. It was just a bad game for him, um, as it was for everybody. But um, yeah, they don't—they need that number two guy, and I think he's—I think Kirk's wanted to be Hawkinson, but you need that guy on the air side, whether it's Osborne or whoever. But Thielen is—you know—he's just be, really become sort of a non-factor in this offense right now, and um, I don't know—he's been beat up. I mean, you, you can tell by the way you run that. Sure. I'm, I'm gonna be. We're going to find something out after the season. I'm guessing that he played through something all year because he just – and he's getting older, and that's part of it. But I, I think there is an injury there that you can see him wimping that um, he's just not the same player.
0: Okay, let's talk about the offensive line. They start playing their second-string center. Mm-hmm. Then he gets hurt, breaks his uh, breaks his leg. It was oh, yeah. baffling almost all of us that you bring Reed in, who in a regular season game, Has never played a single snap at center and you're third and what one or two at the goal, you know, yeah, at the one and you run behind him on his first play. It's like this makes absolutely no sense. And then he had his issues. And then O'Neill, who's just been a rock from the, from the moment they drafted him, just a very good player. He gets hurt trying to, uh, catch Savage on the uh, the pick 6. Man, O'Neal would be a monstrous injury, Chip. I mean, yeah. I, I he's probably not top 2 or 3, but he's in that next group. He is very essential to what they do because Ole Udo good yeah. luck to you, Kirk.
1: Yeah, it's uh and I asked this, I asked uh O'Connell this after the game. I was like, "You know, what is your level of concern of where you're at now with offensive line because Chad, this is a major problem. When you when you have when you have one game left in the season before you go into playoffs and you're having to play a center who's never played the position before, that it's not it's not going to work. And now you potentially lose O'Neill. And I, I can tell you the just the body language and the mood was. And they have they have to get the MRI, but it wasn't good. I mean, you see a guy hopping on one leg and a calf injury. Um, I don't, you know, that that doesn't sound like something. Even if it's not the worst case scenario, it seems like that's something that's going to stick with him here for the rest of the season. So, and you have a right guard who's really struggled as a rookie. Um, this is a problem, I and mean, they, have, they have a major problem. And O'Connell said, "You know, we'll we'll figure it out and see what the the injury report says, and we'll try to find the five best guys to put out there." And that's not exactly what you want to hear. Going as you're trying to ramp up for the five for the playoffs, that you're trying to find five guys who can you know you can piecemeal yeah. together. This is not. It, it, to me, that is the number one thing that came out of that game yesterday is like they have a major problem at the offensive line
0: right now. Well, I'll add this. Our uh, mutual friend Kevin Seifert just with this tweet. Uh, right tackle Brian O'Neill's calf injury is pretty significant. Kevin O'Connell just said moments ago, no firm timetable yet. That means yeah, he's done nice. for a
1: long time. He's done, Come yeah. yeah. If, if they're saying significant, with two weeks you know at the end of the season i would say you're probably not going to see him again so um yep so now you have Udo and ingram on the right side and Mm. good luck i just yeah i don't know you just have to try to help him as best you can
0: let's stay with the vikings with chip we'll get to other items and also remind you retiring hennepin county attorney mike freeman joins us at 235 right here in the home of the wolves we might even get to that uh a clown <laughs> show which took place on Saturday with Chipper. Wolves in Denver. They see a guy who right now is on pace to be the three-time MVP tonight, Jokic. He is a pleasure to watch and listen to. Cal Soderquist and Alan Horton will have the pregame at 6.30. Alan with the excellent call about 7.10 here on CCO. Chip Scoggins continues with us from the start. Chip is with us each Monday for a couple segments starting at two oh five. Can we just slow down a little bit on Aaron Rodgers and how essential he is to this comeback? I, I I've had the man yeah. crush on Aaron Rodgers for a long time. He's a remarkable quarterback. His skill level is right up there at the highest. He was just like it was like the two of us were alternating driving. And Aaron Rodgers was in the back seat yesterday. I mean, you got the you got the kickoff return, you got the pick six, you got Jones doing whatever yeah. he wants. You got the Vikings offensive line feeble. You got the Vikings; they can't get t- they can't, they don't realize yeah. for twenty seconds when they have ten guys on the field. And I know everything Rodgers has done, but Rodgers was just fine yesterday. He was nothing more than just decent yesterday.
1: Yeah, he he passed for 159 yards. Yeah. <laughs> 15 completions, 159 yards. And he scored 41 points, so that tells you how crazy that game was. Yeah, no. and it, I know he has a broken thumb or whatever, but he misses throws now that he used to make in his sleep, it seemed like. I mean, there were a couple throws where are like, wow, that just didn't seem like something Rodgers would miss. And I think the thing the Packers are doing now, is, you know, Jones, obviously, I think he's – underrated he's he's a really good running back and, yeah, and they're getting turnovers for sure. you know that's that's been the yep. thing the last yes. couple weeks they're so getting a lot of turnovers and helping out the offense so um yeah it wasn't he, he didn't play spectacularly i mean the 121 yard touchdown pass was a busted cover by metellas so um yeah it, it wasn't uh that wasn't a roger spectacular game by any stretch
0: part of what should drive the vikings most nuts about that is you have the Borderline shocking upset by New Orleans. I know. Over yeah. Philly, right? And it's it's maybe not as shocking because it's no hurts and men shows in there. And sure. then at points in the afternoon game, Vegas is beating the forty ers And so yeah. you're sitting there saying, Wow, you might be fully in the mix for number one. If not, you're in even better shape for the number two spot. And guess what? Neither happens. Yeah, and and. I, I know, I hear the argument from some people saying, well, if they win, if they beat the Giants, you got to beat Brock Purdy and the 49ers, wherever it might be. And I get the Vikings defense is not going to scare anyone, no matter where they play him. But again, when a guy is going to be making his, what, I don't know, fifth, sixth, seventh start, and he can either be at home in Santa Clara or in a screaming loud US Bank Stadium. You can't convince me that wouldn't have been a huge advantage for the Vikings.
1: Well, that that's the thing. I, I'm baffled by this reaction of just sit everybody and get the get the 3 seed and play the Giants because, you know, uh doesn't matter what happens in the second one It's like, "No, you you try to get as many home games as you can." I mean, that's that US Bank Stadium is a definite advantage for them and Yes, are you going to be? You are going to be underdogs if you have to face the uh, 49ers, whether it's on the road or home. But you absolutely would rather be at home than have to go on the. Road. I, I can't, for the life of me, understand that thinking that people would rather have to go on the, uh, you know, on the road. Um, so so it, it was
0: a uh, 49ers but, get, Forty Niners get Arizona. Okay, I I mean David you No know Win, uh, Kurt Warner might might be their quarterback. Jim Hart. <laughs> <laughs> might be their quarterback. So, if if, if if KOC talks to you next Sunday at 11.05, and, I mean, they're signing an offensive lineman on the street, are yeah. you still playing Kirk Cousins next Sunday?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I would. Uh, um, and, and, and I don't know what time. It sounds like that game might be moved. So you might be playing simultaneously with with the uh, Niners, but um, yep. you know, you, are the 49ers going to be Cardinals? Yes, probably. I mean, but we've seen weirder things happen. I guess um, they're going to be motivated to get the number two seed, obviously. Um, but I, I part of it too is is you don't want to risk injury. We saw it happen yesterday, and how that can really derail things. Yep. But this team needs does not need to go into the playoffs with that on, on their. I mean, they need to establish a little bit more um of who they are and, and try to go in there with you know firing on a little more cylinders than that forty one seventeen beat down with a bunch of turnovers and just not playing well and um so I, I would and I think he just said at his press conference while we're on here that he's not planning to sit as many yep. guys as, as because it is still an option. I mean number two it's, is still it's, there and
0: faintly yeah, it's
1: it's faintly. Yeah right <laughs> in theory. So
0: if if you're losing though well, it's hard to say with this team they're losing as they come back there. has got to be yeah. some point where maybe you pull the trigger a little bit quicker, or if some other games are at the same time. Which sure. I don't know. Can they be at the same time? Is really San Francisco gonna start at ten AM out out on the west coast? I don't know. Let's uh move let's way. go to the yeah. let's go to the Wolves and, and my sure. count here. Um they're they're not getting crushed enough. I mean, honestly, yeah. and I'll, I'll I'll just chime in. I said on the, the trade happened like at two thirty, and I said I'm for Gobert, but they gave up way, way, way too much. And I also said at the time, I when I heard a lot of smart people saying Cat's real position is power forward, I never once bought that. I did not. So I would that was the part. It was twofold. It was why did you have to give up so much for the guy? Because still knowing a fair amount of people are in the league, nobody thinks anybody was close. That the Gobert trade changed the whole market and that nobody was close there. Then you had to see if they were going to play together. And it wasn't great together, but I'm willing to concede that part that it wasn't enough, okay, that we got to see. But here's the thing. Gobert's not close to who he's been the last three, four years. He just isn't close. Their compete level is roll the dice you have no idea if they're going to play hard or not finch and i got it he's a likable guy he he says all the right things but he's he's skating too much too he should be criticized d'angelo russell is just a numbskull for him to think late in a game on friday night that tells you all you need to know about d'angelo's awareness that he can just foul Giannis away from the ball with like i don't know 10 15 seconds to go when you can't do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh they got they have major issues. And oh by the way, Walker Kessler, who they drafted, is turning yeah. into a very good player right in front of their eyes. And they drafted him. They could have just they could have had their center position right now, Chip, of Carl Towns, Nas Reed, Walker yeah. Kessler, and then have the power forward situation of Vanderbilt Van and opening and kyle anderson as opposed to this scenario and so few assets to rebuild good luck it's a dumpster yeah, when, fire
1: well when they made the trade like i'm all for that that organization has been so screwed up that when you show some ambition and like yeah. we're gonna do something that's uh jolting sure I'm like, okay but there's part of me it's like the NBA is not played this way. Now you're, you're trying something that's so outside the box that this is either, and I think what most people said, this is either going to be a stroke of genius or an absolute disaster. There was not going to be like, yeah, this might work. No, it's, it's either going to be, you know, what you think it is, or it's going to blow up in our face. Cause it's so uh, counter to how the NBA is played right now. And, and I agree with you that we haven't seen enough of it. The signs were not promising, but when McDaniel uh, – Jamie McDaniel says the other night, like, our care factor is not where it should be. Yeah. Really? Like, how damning is that of a statement? Like, we don't care enough? Nas I mean, Reed
0: with very similar comment after the game also. Like, we know what the problem that, is. You know?
1: Like, if I'm if if I i if the owner, I'm alarmed, be armed, alarmed, when players are saying we don't care enough and that the coach has basically said – well, we do the same things. This is kind of our identity. We'll change it. I mean, well, yeah. What? Are, right. That's you, it, the whole thing. Is that team last year recaptured this fan base in this city? People were enthused about that team, and they were going back to the arena after
0: one hundred and
1: the games were fun. And now this team is so unlikable because of the they don't half the time they don't try, and just the mistakes they made. It's just it's an absolute disaster right now. And I don't well, know how they pull it. Yeah, I don't.
0: Well, when Finch is saying we got to rebound more, we got to rebound more. He's right. But yeah. guess what? You're, you're the head coach, you know? Yeah. And so he hinted at, at, uh, punishing guys with minutes. I I think he could have done that days ago. Cause even a few weeks ago, when they won a few games in a row, they were beating lousy teams. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, the dilemma that and that has come up, and I've talked about it a couple times, is if this year continues this way. First of all, if if their pick turns out to Weminyama, oh, I mean, just shut the franchise down. <laughs> if, it, if it turns into the best prospect <laughs> since Kevin Durant, I mean, you might want to yeah. just shut the whole thing down. But you know, then the talk is, well, if you really need to make a big swing. Then you got to trade Towns. You got to get maybe a couple players for Towns and a couple draft choices. And I'm like, no. I I, I understand who Towns is, and I'm tired of the complaining, but I would trade Gobert and get 15 cents on the dollar, 10 cents on the dollar, and still say in Ant and Towns, you have two of the 25 best players in the game. And you don't have all the other assets to build. And I get it that Gobert's uh, t- trade value is very low. But you know what some teams might say, Chip? They might say the Wolves were just screwed up. We still can yeah. use Gobert in an efficient way. We're not even come close to Utah, but we're going to give you some something tangible for him. I would do that before trading Towns when he still might play seven, eight more years of excellent I-
1: basketball. I agree. I don't know that you're going to get the return that you're thinking on with Gobert, but Chad, how are you going to fill out the rest of that roster with the picks that you've given up? I mean, that's, that's the problem. That was such a haul to give up for a plan that again, you're, you don't, that's not, that plan was so out of the box. It was not guaranteed to work. And Mm -hmm. you know, Commonly, I, I,
0: have we heard from him? <laughs> I had him on. I had him on about a month ago. I, we're gonna okay. have to try to get him on again. You know, he gives long answers. He, you know, he's very likable. I mean, Chip, I'm saying this: if you, if the Wolves got in return, a number one draft choice from a pretty good team, so it's later in the first round, and some guy who's not even a starter but can be in your rotation, I do that. <laughs> I, I just instead yeah, of trading your, the farm, like. I know. Instead of trading, <laughs> the, trying to get a ton for towns, if Rudy Gobert is your second best player, give me a break. You're not going anywhere.
1: That's true. That is true. Uh, uh, but this is what we're what we, forty games in. <laughs> Just about to blow Just it about. up. Yeah. yeah oh exactly. my goodness.
0: I blame you. I blame you.
1: <laughs> That's right. I blame you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I gotta fly. Happy New Year. We'll uh, we'll talk next week.
1: Happy New Year, brother. See you.
0: Chip Scoggins, Mike Freeman, retiring Hennepin County uh, attorney, joins us in minutes on CCO. Mike Freeman has joined this show many times over the years. He's retiring as Hennepin County attorney after 24 years. Mike, like Chip, on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline, always a pleasure, sir. The sub-headline of the Star Tribune story adds this, after an often controversial, Twenty-four years as Hennepin County Attorney, would you say your tenure has been often controversial?
2: I think so. I think the uh, tenure of any county attorney um, in the jurisdiction as large as Hennepin County, with ten thousand adult felonies a year and four thousand juvenile crimes, is going to be controversial. You have to make tough calls, uh, and you have to judge not only what. The, uh, the the media or others say, but what is the admissible evidence before you, whether you can make a charge and whether you continue to move the case forward? And that's not always clear. And a lot of times that information is not available to the press at that time. So it's going to be controversial uh, if you do your job right. And I think increasingly so with social media and more scrutiny, Of the criminal justice system Which frankly I think is a good idea It's going to be more controversial in the future
0: Okay you laid out Very well the importance Of your job I screw up as a radio Talk show host versus you screw up in your position There's no comparison So you are given an opportunity To review one of the High profile cases And you can do something different Which case do you pick And what what adjustment do you make
2: Oh boy that's The hardest decision was the Jamar Clark case, the young African-American male who was killed Mm -hmm. by two white cops. Um, That was a very difficult case because um, the cops didn't act like I would have liked them to act or you would have. But the question before me was whether or not uh, there was sufficient admissible evidence to prove a crime beyond a reasonable doubt. And I didn't like what the cops did, but it wasn't criminal. And my job, and I've got to stay in my lanes, is to ascertain whether or not it's criminal. I decided it wasn't, and Andy Luger, then United States Attorney, decided he couldn't bring federal civil rights claims either. So I think we were right, but um, it was very controversial. And, you know, I and some parts of the criminal justice system and my office suffered because of the lack of support for that decision by some people in the community.
0: Who Who do you believe should have supported you more off that decision?
2: I'm not going to name names, but there were a whole lot of people, including some folks who had been involved in public life for a period of time, Um, and uh, leaders in the community um, seemed to um, disregard what we tried to do in the county attorney's office and uh, fell in with some popular – Um, direction and left us hanging. And they knew who they are. I'm just not going to name names at this time.
0: Well, off that, there were a number of people, very visible or everyday individuals, or individuals of color, who say, here goes Mike Freeman again, that when it's us, individuals of color, we are treated differently than if this was a white officer. When you
2: heard that
0: about this case, when they said that about your record... What is your reaction?
2: I don't think that's fair at all. I've charged white cops for assaulting black individuals. I've charged a white cop for driving in a a crazy manner at midnight, 95 miles an hour in north Minneapolis, and he struck a vehicle that was being driven by a black man. I charged that case. And I'm not aware of any other case in Minnesota history where a cop has been charged for killing someone when they drove recklessly in, in a pursuit case. So I don't accept that at all. I've tried to look at each case without regards to the racial makeup or the sexual orientation or the, the sex of the either the, the victim or the alleged perpetrator. You've got to be, um, you have to focus just on the facts before you. And it's not just the facts as some people in the public perceive them. They've got to be admissible evidence in a court of law, and that's always more limited than what some people see either on the TV or in the videos that they look at.
0: This is an elected position. You face that each time, whether you ran for the first time or when you returned. When you look at this, and clearly you felt like you were the right person, the import of this job, should somebody have this job for this long? 24 years or should there be more of a turnover considering we're talking about the biggest county in this state and everybody's going to have a little bit of a different look at this job and a lot of people just believe that we are seeing too many people staying in certain positions within the political apparatus
2: too long i think it on these difficult jobs like supreme court justices It's a question whether the person retains their capacity to make the right kind of decision. And they're open to input. Um, I made the decision not to run again. It was time. I don't think uh, I have been limited at all in my capacity to do this job. um, Since I turned 70, I just think now it's time for me to go on and to give someone else a chance. But I'm proud of the 24 years I've been blessed with a lot of energy and I think I've done the job well, and I've continued to listen to others. Um, and I think that's an important part of the, of the job. Listening to others doesn't necessarily mean agreeing to everything they're advocating, because i got to have the evidence.
0: Mike Freeman is with us, retiring after 24 years as Hennepin County attorney. Obviously, one of the biggest cases in the history of the state was the death and the murder conviction When George Floyd died in the murder conviction, Derek Chauvin and what happened with the other officers, the governor stepped in. You were part of it. But the final say went to the attorney general. In hindsight. Do you think that was the right decision? Do you think you would have found and put together the same case and would have found Derek Chauvin guilty, much like Keith Ellison's team did? And did you feel in any way that was a slight towards your office?
2: George Floyd was murdered on Monday night of Memorial Day weekend. I charged him with third degree homicide and second degree manslaughter on Friday afternoon, four days later. That's one of the fastest charges of a a police officer ever. But it was also clear by Saturday and into Sunday that I needed all the help I could get. Uh, Keith Ellison is a fine man, experienced in the criminal justice world, and he helped to put together a dream team, if you will, of prosecutors. You know, Jerry Blackwell is, is gifted a trial lawyer, as you've ever seen. Steve Slicer from the, um, the Maslin firm, former federal prosecutor, really added a lot to it. There were a couple of people from my office, a couple of people from Keith. It was a great team. I'm, I was honored to work directly with Keith, as I said this morning in the, in the Tribune, Um, It was a 50-50 deal, but Keith was the front man, and I had no problem with that. He's my friend and my partner.
0: Mary Moriarty will replace you. She was a complimentary view in the dialogue you've had and with their staff. When you look at when she takes over this position very soon, and I know some of this information is private, but what can you share with us about what guidance you provided with her, whether it was every day or the next time a case comes in comes up, which is going to be much discussed, potentially controversial, and where the public is paying an extraordinary amount of
2: attention to it? The transition from my being head of the county attorney's office to Mary's has been a very uh, seamless one. We've worked closely together on this She's got some great folks in her transition group. We tried to do our very best to help her to understand what the office really does. And um, so I'm very excited and heartened by that. Um, She's a different person than I. She's had different life experience than I have. Um, I think, um, you know, this is an office in which it sobers you when you take the office. You have to make these decisions. I think it will sober Mary like it did me. I have every confidence to believe that the outstanding folks who work in the Hennepin County Attorney's Office will continue to do their job trying to do the right thing every day and try to find the just way to act. And, um, you know, I don't expect Mary to ask any questions of me. And I've already told her I'm not going to, I'm not going to call her. She wants to call me, she can. But, you know, I didn't call Tom Johnson when I took over for him. Amy Klobuchar didn't call me when she took over for me, and I didn't call her when I took over later for her. So, I mean, the voters have spoken, and I do respect that. The voters have selected Mary Moriarty to be the county attorney, and I think she will, when when all is said and done, I think she'll do a fine and just mat, uh, job. I really do.
0: Mike, as always, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, now as a private citizen, we'll still reach out to you. So thanks
2: again hope you do chad you take care bye
0: mike freeman leaving as hennepin county attorney uh, after 24 years learned during the break that dave harrigan may be the finest volleyball player that planet earth has ever known kind of like you uh, on snowshoes <laughs> well i was joking i'm not sure you're joking about your uh your volleyball skills it's almost time for us to go it's uh one fifty-five. Time to check to have Minnesota made infinity for Marvin Windows installed in your home. They want me to get off right away, Harrigan, because Jason's on. Jason's not going to crack the mic until like three Oh nine. Yeah, but he's a TV guy, you know. If he's not you know, locked and loaded twenty minutes before yeah. going on airs, a lot of concern, a lot of anxiety. So we're trying to help him out. Yeah, got the prompt. Russy's he's, he's back. He's traveled. We went to dinner together with the gals at Gus Gus, went to St. Paul. Experience all. Do we have a heavyweight guest today, Dan Cook? Is there somebody we need to promote? He's slowly Mm. sauntering to the mic. Hmm. No. No. (laughs) All right. Why not? It's a holiday. We're here, unlike that bottom feeder Carter who did not work today. He's back tomorrow with Ask Adam Anything. So is Jamie Ucas. We'll also pay attention to Kevin McCarthy. He's going to be the next Speaker of the House. Thanks for listening, everybody. Jason's next.